Oh shit. Here we go again. Mike was muted, but we're back on the road to glory. I'll cut that up and fix that. Thanks for being back with us. It's your usual host at it. Me and Steph, me being Sean. Uh, and we're through week seven, man. Big week. A lot of crazy games happened. Some big upsets. Uh, had a mini playoff game, almost. Um, environment. How are you feeling? Your duck's coming off of a, a tough L, but good game nonetheless. Feel like a few different decisions made mm-hmm. could have potentially led to a victory. A few different plays had different outcomes. You know, obviously you can't pin it on one moment, but good overall performance from both teams. Uh, but how you feeling after that loss and bouncing back? Who you guys looking at next week or coming up this week? Um, we got Washington at home. Okay. I mean, look, that was a banger of a football game. Washington deserves all the credit. You know, both teams played pretty good. And this was one that could have went either way. I know a lot of people are criticizing Coach Landing about the going forward on fourth downs and all that. But, I mean, look, that's who he's been. That's probably who he's always going to be. So you either live by that or die by that. You know, I'd rather see a coach go out like that than Jimbo Fisher, who we just talked about last time, punting on in plus territory. So, (laughs) you know. Like, I'd rather see my coach play to win the game. Um, I think the only time that I disagree with him going forward on fourth down was the one before the half. And that's because, you know, when you – in oh, when it's third and goal or fourth and goal um, and you go for it, the whole idea is, well, if we don't get it, then the team has to drive the entire field to score a touchdown, right? So – in that situation, Washington wasn't even going to get the ball. I mean, it was right before the half, so they weren't going to get a possession. So I, I think in that moment, you got to take the points. But, I mean, other than that, I don't have, really have a problem with going for it, especially at the end of the game. And I just hope that, that they learn from it. Um, You know, both teams made a bunch of plays. It was just a wild game, man. I mean, I can't really say much more than that. You know, uh, no, it definitely was. It, and we'll spin back on it and we'll talk a little bit more about it. But it, I, I agree. It definitely was a wild game. I mean, we might as well get that one out of the way because that was the big one of the weekend. Like the rest of the other games don't really matter. Let's be honest. Like, you know, <laughs> Bama squeaked by. I don't know ball, about that, but Georgia that smacked was- Vandy. I mean, I mean, there's really there's really there's really other two games that I really want to talk about, but. I mean, the big one was definitely the Oregon-Washington. The rest of them, I mean, the rest of them didn't really have much implications besides one other, honestly. So, I mean. I agree. And I, I could definitely get my uh, takes off here on Oregon and, and the Washington game. I just – my whole thing was um, where I agree with you with Dan Lanning and him being aggressive and that whole aggressiveness versus recklessness conversation and which one is he? Like, is there a fine line? And here's my issue, right? So early on in the game, 
I think Dan Lanning kind of set the precedent that he wanted to be aggressive, that he was going to do that. And every single time he had that opportunity, he was aggressive, except for the end of the game. When you guys had about a minute and 30 left on the clock, I think, one timeout, the play calling was super passive. It was obvious you guys were playing to kick a field goal to tie the game. And that was just the exact opposite of the way Dan Lanning was playing all game. I'd rather seen you guys lose with Bo Nix throwing an interception 50 yards down the field, and it is what it is. You guys took a shot. Like, in, it, it, in, you guys ended with a, with a timeout. Like, you ended the game with a timeout, and you guys lost. That is horrible game management. And it's not the fact that Dan Lanning was aggressive. It's not the fact that you guys left the six points on the board or whatever. Yeah, technically six points could have been scored, but the game situation is totally different had those field goals been taking place. The one before halftime, in my opinion, was kind of pointless. Going down, going, being down by one compared to being down by four, like you're still down. The field goal really doesn't do much for you if you score that touchdown there. Yeah, but going into but halftime. But even if you're down by one, then another field goal will put you in the lead. That's the thing. Yeah, but he's not. Play- that's not what Oregon's thinking. That's not what Dan Lenning's thinking. He he, he wasn't doing. That's not his game plan. His game no, plan. I know is- that's not his game plan. But I'm just saying, now, like in that situation, that's the only no, time the- that I say take the points. The other times no, he went for it on fourth down, I, 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 I agree with, with going for it. On I hard disagree down. with taking the points right there. You have a chance to score a touchdown, and you're going to kick say this. three points. You're going to take a field goal. From the five yard line before halftime, no way, dude. But I will That's say scared. this: that's scared. But I will say this: I agree with you on the play calling. That's my main criticism. The play calling was with, bad too. With really the bad. with on the, the fourth downs, on that yeah, last like on drive. the fourth downs, like it wasn't the decision. Right the half, that was it bad. Wasn't the it was the play calling because right. two sprint outs, dude. Yeah. What are you doing? Yeah. First of to all, if you do a sprint out, I know they did one to the left and one to the right, like. Dude, if you do a sprint out, if the play's not open, there's really nothing that, that can happen. You need to just do a regular drop back, at least give the quarterback the option to run for it if he has to. When you do a sprint out, you're not giving anybody an option. All the wide receivers are in one area. All the DBs are in one area. Everybody's just bunched up in one area. So you're not even giving the the, the play a chance to, to freestyle. You know what I'm saying? Like when it breaks down, right. of course, wide receivers can run around you. You're basically taking away all of that when you do a sprint out. So that's my main problem. I'm like, I, and that was right. not something that we really did all season. So, I mean, maybe they saw something on film and, and I don't know, man. Like, I just, I don't, I don't get it. I don't, I, that's the one thing I don't get was them freaking sprint outs. Like, I just, I, I don't I, know, man. I, I just don't know if they truly, Trust Bo Nix to let him in that situation exactly. run a, have those wide that's, receivers that's, run a real combination. Takeaway. And also, I want to talk about your wide receivers because outside of Troy Franklin, Ted Johnson made a few plays here and there, but like right. everybody else I don't feel was like ghost. anybody else was really separating. Everybody at all. else was going to Washington. I mean, their secondary is always one of the better secondaries in the country. And this year, again, a great secondary and surprisingly a really good front seven. I didn't realize uh, Washington's pass rush was as good as it was. They were making Bo Nix run all over the place as well. Uh, but you guys kind of ran the ball really well, which is yeah, what I expected. Did. But so did they, which is what I did not expect. And I want to kind of flip the conversation and talk about, like, your defense and their offense a little bit because shout-out to Michael Penix. I think he was the better quarterback, um, although he mm-hmm. did throw the interception. 
Um, that was because the wide receiver fell, really. It exactly, wasn't a, yeah. It, it wasn't, wasn't even a bad true. throw or a mistake right. by him. Exactly. So um, they were very explosive. They pretty much did whatever they wanted to on offense for the most part. I think, Oregon, you guys did do a good job, and you guys were able to get key stops. Like, you guys were in control of the game, right? Like, it wasn't like they dominated you guys offensively, but it didn't also feel like they – every time they had the ball, it, they they still felt like a threat to score. So um, that is still credit I mean, to Washington as well. Our defense did enough, man. Our defense really did enough. We held them to 29 before the uh, – what, before the end of the game? Like – like if you if you even the thirty six like we should have been able to win that game holding Washington to thirty six you hold them under forty I mean look because we should have been able to put up more than that on offense um, we we had a turnover we made them punt a few times like this is one of the top offenses in the country you can't really ask for more than that our defense was making plays we got a goal line stand I mean that was crazy. That's definitely not something yeah. that, that I expected. Um, I mean, and I expected our defense to play well, but I didn't think that we would have a goal line stand or anything like that. I thought maybe we would get a turnover, like a fumble or something like that. But that was that was wild. I really I really think our defense did enough. And there was one crazy play where both our starting corners got injured on the on the same at the same time. It was just crazy. But I think I think the two main takeaways for Oregon was. Play calling on fourth down and them not trusting Bo Nix, in my opinion. Like, I think I think they were scared to really throw the intermediate in the long game, in the passing game, because that's something that we've been, we've been able to do all year pretty much. And, and it seemed like they just kind of went into their shell or something. We weren't even really doing much screens or anything like that. Like, wide receiver screens, I don't know. It was just – they called the game completely different than they called all the other games. It was just weird to, to watch. So I don't know if they if they saw something on film that made them do that, or or they just kind of played scared. Like I don't, I'm not trying to make any accusations, but it, it definitely was weird. Like if you watch all the other games and and then watch this game, it looked like a a different team to me on offense. And you know, um, I guess on defense. You know, we played pretty well. I think the defense really made the plays that we needed to make to win the game again. So, you know, and, and the main takeaway from, from Washington definitely got to be Michael Penix is number one in the Heisman race right now. Roma Dunze is a beast. And, and McMillan barely played. He played like one series and the came whole, out. Every single person on their offense is good. Like all, yeah. all their weapons, they're dangerous. Yeah. They have probably the best. Yeah. Polk is a good player too. So yeah, Polk is really um, good. McMillan's, like you said, he didn't play that much, but he was pretty good when he flashed. Odunze, the running back, what's his name? Johnson. What was his name? I forgot his name, but he's, he's good. Johnson too. was his last name, but yeah, he was, he was pretty solid. I mean, I don't think he's like a super special running back, but he ran the ball super hard and he was a big factor in that game. I don't know. I feel like on a neutral field, this game kind of winds up the same kind of way. Maybe not Washington wins, but a, a coin flip game. Um, so it'll be interesting to see uh, if these two teams can make it back and play each other again in the Pac-12 championship. Yeah. Uh, USC got knocked off by Notre Dame. We're going to talk about that in a little bit. Um, so that kind of helps, but not really hey, look, at all. So No, it doesn't help in terms of Pac-12. Yeah, because but... it's, it's uh, <laughs> independent. Yeah, yeah, actually. But, you know, they say that that, that the home venue is worth about – about three points, or actually no, 
they say it's worth three points in the NFL, but it's worth a touchdown in college, the home venue. So, I mean, I definitely think that that the home environment was 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 a key factor in this game. Yeah, it um, definitely was great environment. Yeah, I mean, like last year, we basically had him had him beat in Austin until Bo Nitz got hurt. So, I mean, look, it is what it is. I think the worst part about it is that that is two in a row now at this point where I felt like we were the better team than them, at least on paper. Um, so I think, like I said, that's that's probably the worst part about it. Not yeah, even I don't really know. losing I don't know the game. If you guys are the better team. I don't know. It's close. It's close. Oh, it's definitely Michael close. Penix, I think Michael Pinnix well, is kind of way better. He's a great equalizer. I mean, yeah, he's way better than Bo Nix in my like, opinion. I think, I think our line is better. I think our running backs are better. Wide receivers, probably not. We, I think we might have the best one wide receiver, but the core, Washington's mm, core. Sure, Franklin over Odunze, Romeo. I mean, Rome. I'm not mad at you taking taking they're Odunze. Both, they're both equal, though. Yeah, yeah they're like both they're both they're both elite and definitely yeah. NFL talent. So I'm not really mad, but but their room is definitely better as a yeah, whole. Yeah, like their core, I, I got to give it to Washington, and then. Their defense Def- impressed me, though. I like their secondary. Yeah, their defense oh, made plays, man. Like, on those short yardage situations, I thought that those would just be automatic. But, True. again, like, like that was play calling to me. I think you I can't – you you have to at least do some kind of RPO or read play to give multiple options. And, and that last one on fourth down, I knew before the play that we weren't going to get it if we ran the ball because they had everybody in the box – and the wide receivers were literally in one-on-one coverage. It looked like it was going to be cover zero based on how they lined up. So I'm like, look, like if they really – like they honestly, what they really should have did was have whoever it was out there, if it was Franklin or Holden or whoever, I don't really care, just have them run a slant and and throw the ball to them because I felt like that had a better chance of working than running the ball because a lot, this, is, this is just basic football. Running the football is a numbers game a lot of times, right? You know, there's only five O linemen, and then you know six or seven, depending on how many tight ends there is. But you know, if there's more defenders in the box, then they're going to have an advantage because there's going to be somebody that you just can't block. Right. They just don't right. have enough bodies. And in that fourth down situation, they just had more bodies lined up, and our coaches didn't recognize that, and and they just ran the play right into it. So. You know, you definitely got to give Washington credit for that. So, you know, hopefully, hopefully we can just learn from this and and take it into next week and into the future, because, you know, we have everything in front of us. We can still go to the Pac-12 title game. We can still make the playoffs. We just got to win the rest of our game. So, you know, that's all I got to say about that. But that one was tough, man. That one was tough. Yeah. And. So I guess where does that that leaves Washington with sole possession of first place right now, or are they still tied? Yeah, because they're undefeated, right? I think. Well, I think USC is technically tied with them. They don't have a loss. There's still some teams with no loss. I think. I think USC. Okay. Yeah, USC has zero losses. Um, yeah, it's just them two: Oregon State, Oregon, and Utah. Both have one loss. Yeah, I was going to say the Pac-12 was definitely shaking up a lot this uh, past weekend. Mm-hmm. We're going to get to some of those games and talk a little bit about that. But let's uh, let's bring it back to Tuesday because we did 
have some matchups that we talked about um, on our preview show that I just want to spin by some of the scores. Uh, Liberty wound up waxing Jacksonville State 31 to 13 on the road. So Liberty 6 and 0, 4 and 0 in Conference USA. Um, they're looking good and looking like one of the better teams in that conference. And then Coastal Carolina went on the road and upstated App State. And that was a really good game. I actually watched that game. That game ended crazy. Um, really? Yeah. Ended with a game winning field goal. Just just a lot of debauchery, fun belt. It's just a, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, just fun yeah. belt. Like, typical fun belt type of game. Uh, Grayson McCall, he was great. Um, they had this one wide receiver from um, Coastal Carolina. I forget his name. He he was amazing that game, too. He had like 100 yards. Um, Wednesday, there was no real, real games. Um, that really stood out. Just some more G5 Conference USA. Uh, but then Thursday, I don't know if you saw, but Houston actually beat West Virginia on a Hail Mary as time yeah, I expired. Heard. I didn't watch the game, but but I was I was tuned in. Um, yeah, no, I was at work, so I was kind of half watching this because they had it on the TVs um, at the bar. Um, felt like it was like a slow game, and in the fourth quarter. Both of the teams scored like three touchdowns. <laughs> <laughs> it was crazy. And the game ended 39 to 41. It was just like it was wild. But um yeah, West Virginia drops. They were looking good, man. They were they only had one loss. Yeah. People were maybe having a case to rank them, but uh dropping that one to Houston. Houston gets their first Big Twelve win after joining the conference. So congrats to Houston. I think um, that was the first new Big Twelve team to beat team an to old win. Big Twelve team. Yeah. Ooh, that's big. I think it That's was. Big. I don't think That's UCF big. or Cincinnati have won a Big 12 game yet, at least against a, an old Big 12 team. Older, yeah, UCF has a big chance this week, and we'll talk about that later on this week. But I can't wait for that UCF-Oklahoma game. I hope Oklahoma puts them in the dirt. <sighs> Anyways, Friday. Friday was a day. Uh, we had three really good Friday games. Friday was crazy. Yeah, we had three three really good games. Uh, we had one game go to double OT. It didn't end until like 2 a.m. Um, let's start off with Tulane and Memphis. Memphis looked good early. Um, yeah, I actually so watched this game. Yeah, uh, Memphis looked good early. I thought they looked they didn't look bad late either, but kind of in the fourth quarter, Tulane was able to hunker down on both sides of the ball, score some much-needed points, and, and, and play some defense. But uh, what were your overall thoughts? Because – I thought outside of the two interceptions that obviously the Memphis quarterback threw, he was all right. Yeah, no, Memphis is definitely a good team. Yeah. I was a little nervous, though, because I was pumping up Tulane all, all year. So <laughs> I kind of wanted them to win. But, you know, I think Tulane is just so much better up front than a lot of these G5 teams. I think the real matchup that I, that I want to see now, especially after Air Force and Wyoming, is, is Tulane versus Air Force. Um, and we'll, we'll, we'll talk about Air Force and Wyoming a little later, but yeah, that's, I think, I think Tulane is just, is just so much better up front. And they showed that when they played right. Ole Miss, like they weren't getting bullied against an SEC team. So against all the G5 teams, they should be fine. And yeah, I, I just, I just think too, that's, that's the main reason that the Tulane was able to pull away in the end. I agree. Um, Fresno State, they beat Utah State on the road. It's a Mountain West action, 37-32. to 
Uh, I didn't watch this game, but I see their running back had 131 yards and three TDs. So I'm assuming he played a big part in that win. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know that spread was pretty close when we were looking at it. Um, so big win for Fresno State. Bouncing back after that loss, they took uh, to Wyoming last week. Um, they're still trying to make some noise in the Mountain West before it's all well, said and done. Mountain West is an interesting conference because you got Fresno, that's good. You still got Air Force. Um, and you still got UNLV that nobody's really talking about. I think they have one loss. So true. That's and then that's, even even the middle of the pack teams like Boise State. Um, yeah, you Kent can't State, sleep on them. You can't, you can't sleep on them. You can't. Utah State. They're going to give you a hard out if you're not if you're not going to be ready to play. So mm-hmm. you're right. So that's an interesting conference to follow this year to see how it plays out and which team comes out on top. Um, but let's talk about the main course. Oh man, this was rough. This was a rough watch for me, man. I struggled because you know I'm a, I'm a big Colorado guy. I've been. Yeah, I was about to say you struggled. I I've was. Been on my... <laughs> I mean, I wasn't necessarily rooting for Stanford, but I just thought it was hilarious to see. I didn't. I didn't enjoy this. I, I I did not enjoy watching this. It was an absolute meltdown from Colorado. I mean, Shadur Sanders still put up incredible stats. He made um, some mistakes though, too. Like I was gonna say, yeah. This is um, one game where pretty much everybody is to blame. There's not was, just just one section. Great like point. players, coaches, offense, defense, special teams, y'all all to blame for this. Right. There's no reason why you should be up 29 points to Stanford and lose. It doesn't make any sense to me. And I mean, I was watching a clip of uh, Dion's. Uh, post game, uh, locker room speech, and he had he had said that it was pathetic, that it was on us, and he had said we, and he had emphasized that it was a team thing because it was just all aspects just kind of fell apart. Um, but man, I you, you can kind of see how this would happen. Um, mm-hmm. They're up by twenty nine, going into halftime. Colorado usually is going to have a whole bunch of people in the crowd, celebrities there. They're probably feeling themselves, and they feel like the game is won. Mm-hmm. And Stanford has showed this year that although they're bad, they can be good, um, especially against a lower-level Pac-12 team. I mean, we're all obviously um, stoked at Colorado and the results they've put up so far, um, especially compared to the expectations that most of us have set for them to begin the year. Um, I, I still don't believe the year's a failure after a loss like this, but this is definitely um, a tough loss. So I don't know. Um, Dion definitely has to look himself in the mirror as well with this one, and Absolutely. his coaching staff in, the, in 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 a meeting and a coaches only meeting and talk about what went on uh, with them because obviously um, the, the players on the field got to go make the plays, but. When you when you lose a twenty nine point lead, that's that's coaching not keeping their their players focused and locked in and and kind of letting it fall apart. That's that that definitely points to coaching, in my opinion, the most. I don't think Dion's a bad coach, but yeah, this was definitely a tough one um, for Colorado, but big one for Stanford on the flip. I mean, shout out to that wide receiver. He literally had two hundred and ninety four yards in the second half. <laughs> like crazy. <laughs> Like that's not <laughs> that. Like that's like two records. It has yeah, I think it was right a now. school record at least. It was a yeah, school record. at least. Um, I mean, I don't know how many wide receivers have ever had that many yards in a half. I mean, he had what like seventeen going into the half or something, or 
he might have, but didn't he get a 97 yard touchdown before the half? Oh, right, was, be, right before the half. Yeah, no, 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 no. They didn't score in the first half. No. Oh, they did. Oh, yeah, it was 29 zero uh, at halftime. 29 zero. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that 97 yarder was right at the right at after the beginning the of the third. So uh-huh. yeah, that was all in one half, really. Really, Crazy. literally, like majority of his yards were in one yeah. half. I don't know if every single 294, but most of it was in the second half in two quarters. Like that is with Travis Hunter, one of the best corners in the entire country now. Uh, I do I believe that was say, his first I'm, game back. Well, I'm right? glad you brought him up because, yes, it was his first game back, and this is part of one of Growing the up. blunders of the game. He had 153 snaps, if I remember correctly. Yeah, he did play way Dude, too much. That's like two games worth of snaps. Yeah, that's he played like, way too much. Because if, if you play a full game on, on one side of the ball, you're playing like 70 snaps, I think. So – 150 that's like two games worth of snaps yeah and, and what, um, what and what and, and this this to me just speaks to colorado's depth because they couldn't trust anybody else to go out there on defense at all right like like look they gotta especially in that situation they should have just played them on defense and stopped playing them on offense because on offense he yep. was completely gassed at the end like in no in no way do I think that that wide receiver is better than Travis Hunter, but when he snagged that ball over his head, like he just couldn't put any type of effort into playing the game. He was right. getting cooked every single play. I'm telling you, they probably ran like five slants in a row, and Travis right Hunter couldn't, couldn't do anything. Yeah, couldn't do anything. They were taking advantage of it. Yeah, like they knew he was gas, and they were like, "Oh, we're just going right at him every single time because." He has no chance. They could have put me out there, and I could have caught a slant on him after when he had a hundred snaps. <laughs> I'm telling you, he was bad, boy. There's no yeah, way. I think, I think no because way. he had a few games off, they were they had that plan to play him a lot more than usual. Yeah, but there's but yeah, no that's way still too much. Shape. But there's no human. way he was in shape when. Yeah. Here's the thing: when when you take time off, your conditioning and stuff like that goes right down the drain. Right, you, you, need, you need a game or two to get your, exactly. your win back. Exactly, you you football you take speed is not the same off. as practice. Exactly, and and you take you take weeks off of doing anything. If you lift right. weights, if you just a regular person, I'm talking about you lift weights, right. or or if you might go running or something like that. You take two three weeks off and try to go back, you're not going to be the same person. So imagine trying to compete at the highest level in 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 sports, and you got people trying to hit you and tackle you and stuff. There's no way. And he's coming off an injury. Who knows if he's even 100% healthy? I mean, he was wearing those those rib pads in the beginning of the game. So, yeah, like, I, you know, who knows if he, he – maybe he, he took a hit and was in a bunch of pain too. So, you never know. Like, I, I just think that that was one of the things that, that was such a big blunder. And it just it, – again, it just speaks to Colorado's death because they don't have guys. And this is something that I tried to tell people – all year yeah they have a few good players but they have no depth at all so if if one player goes down this is it and and what did i tell you about the pac-12 too i tried to tell you all season i said look Dion's coming to the pac-12 you know it gets weird you know it gets weird in the pac-12 and it was pac-12 after dark on a friday and they were up twenty nine to zero, and somehow lost. To me, that's just typical Pac twelve, and we've seen it. 
We just seen that USC go the double overtime against Arizona. We saw, you know, like we've seen games like this time and time again over the years watching college football. So, you know, to me, I mean, it was unexpected, but at the same time, it wasn't because it's just this stuff like this just happens. And then when you have coaches that, that manage the game horribly, you you give the other team a chance. And it was funny because I was in the group chat texting like, oh, Stanford comeback, you know, joking. I didn't really think they was going to come back. <laughs> but then as it kept going on, next you know, they had seven and they have 14 and it's 14 to 29. And there's there's like five minutes left in the third. And you're like, uh, guys, this is getting kind of spooky, you know, and <laughs> they were able to pull yeah. it out. So definitely a lot of credit to Stanford. This is a team that, that right. isn't giving up on the season, even though they've lost a lot of games and their coach had them playing tough. So that's, I, I, I definitely root for Stanford as a program. I hope that they get it together, especially since we're not even in the ACC. Yeah. Yeah. We're not even winning the conference with them anymore. So I don't really care. So, I hope I hope that that team gets a lot better because I remember the days when they were ruining our seasons. So I hope they go in the ACC and ruin somebody's season over there. <laughs> uh, and yeah, and as um, somebody that had hoped Colorado could potentially go bowling this year, their oh, chances over. just got a lot, lot that's harder. Over. I mean, Stanford and Arizona were the two games that I was looking at as those potential last two wins to get them to six, but we yep. see. Uh, how good Arizona has been playing over the past few weeks. We'll talk about them in a little bit. And then they wind up losing this Stanford game. And then they're on the road to UCLA at home, Oregon State, on the road to Washington State, and on the road to Utah. So they're going to be pretty big underdogs in majority of those games. Maybe maybe favored in that Arizona game when the time comes. We'll see. It depends on how bad they lose the UCLA and Oregon State games. But 4-8, and 5-7 and seven is looking like. Their destiny, unless they can really. I don't know if they get to five. I mean, and I want to say that they're capable of of a few of these upsets, right? Washington State looks pretty bad this week. Um, They can beat Arizona. They, I don't know if they can beat UCLA, although UCLA looks pretty terrible. We're going to talk about them in a second. But you look at their conference record, and they're one and three, right? So. They're four and zero outside of the conference, but as soon as conference play started, you can start mm-hmm. to see that they truly are just kind of outclassed. It seems so. Yeah, and the thing <sighs> about the rest of these teams, even tough, the bad tough. ones, is that they're going to be way better up front, and even even a team like Wazoo is just going to be better on the line, even though they got smacked against against Arizona. I just I don't right. I don't really see them winning any of these games unless something drastic happens. Even Utah with no offense, but. Utah's going to be able to run the ball. So I just – I really don't see it. I really don't. I mean, college football is crazy, so I'll never count them out, and I'll take it on a week-by-week basis. But I mean, but you can say that about – You can say that about the other pass. team. I mean, look, because you, you got you Arizona who, like we just said, smacked Wazoo in Pullman. Um, You got Utah still out there. I mean, Wazoo, even though they just got smacked, they're still a good team. I just don't see it, man. I really don't see this team winning two more games. They had to win this game against Stanford, and 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 maybe they could they could upset someone else. But I just I really don't see it. I do agree. They they this was a uh, definitely a must win game that they lost, uh, but we'll see. 
we'll see what they got going on next week. I mean, let's move it on to Saturday, though. Uh, talk about some of these games, the full slate that we had. Um, 12 p.m., Georgia and Michigan. Um, I won't say Georgia rolled. I was going to say Georgia rolled, but they didn't really roll. Vandy kind of gave them a problem. Uh, Vandy scored early um, and then kind of just hung around throughout the game. Uh, Georgia is obviously the better team. They had a big second quarter that kind of uh, got them the lead, and they kind of just sat on the lead the rest of the game. Uh, Vandy had a big uh, chance there in the fourth quarter uh, to potentially make it a game, but at the end of the day, it's Vandy. Georgia's defense is still one of the top defenses in the country, and um, they were able to get that stop and make a couple plays to uh, get off the field. Um, That pick six right there to that Carson Beck threw towards the end of the game also gave Vandy a bit of hope. Um, But Georgia was also able to overcome that. Um, Michigan, they were down the entire first quarter, 7-0, as usual, for like every single game against Rutgers, against – uh, Minnesota, I think they played, or maybe it wasn't Minnesota. They played somebody else where they were down early in the first quarter. Um, so they just exploded for 52 points unanswered. Um, so they did the, they did what they had to do. Um, Ohio State and Florida State both dropped 41 points in their wins. Um, Ohio State on the road took down Purdue, and Syracuse traveled to Florida State uh, and got cooked. Didn't score that, a touchdown. That early window was weak. I'm gonna be honest. Yeah, very weak. Um, I was uh, I was praying on that Vandy game, but no, there was no there true was excitement. No chance. Yeah. <laughs> even even <laughs> in the Alabama game against Arkansas, I didn't really feel like they were gonna lose. Well, I I do want to talk about that Arkansas and Bama game because um, you're. I don't know if I felt like Alabama was gonna lose, but um, I don't know. I I thought the play calling was much better. Um, to support Jalen Milrow, I think um, early on in the game, you saw just a heavy dose of, of the run. And then when they weren't running, it was a lot of deep and intermediate routes, which seems to be um, Jalen Milrow's uh, specialty. Like he has a really nice deep ball. He seems most comfortable throwing it between that 15 to 20 yard range uh, in the intermediate. And then all the deep shots he really likes, it seems. Um, I just feel like. <coughs> Bama kind of got caught up in with Colorado got caught up in. They kind they were up 21 to 0 or 21 to 6 at halftime. Um the crowd was rocking. They were at home. I think they kind of felt like all right, this is going to be a, a pretty easy game. We might get some young guys in this game against Arkansas mm-hmm. and roll these guys 41 to 6. Uh but Arkansas has been a team. I think I, I we've said it in the past. They're one of the better 2 and 5 teams in the country. Might be the best 2 and 5 team in the country if that's even a thing. I mean, obviously they're 2 and 5 for a reason. They probably are though. In a power rating, they're probably favored against any other yeah. team with a record. A lot like of teams that. on a neutral site, yeah. Um they're KJ Jefferson, man. He's a ball player. Um that guy is a good player. He's always going to keep his team in the game. Um but that defense that Arkansas ran out there, they they played well, but you got to take into account that Bama's offense is also just an offense that's been kind of struggling all year. So holding them to 24 isn't really that big of a feat. And when they needed the stops the most, they couldn't really get it towards the end. Um, in my opinion, I just think Bama's defense is still the key to success for this team. Absolutely. Um, I, as long as they're going to continue to play well. And I don't know if they necessarily played well in this game. They played well enough to win. Well, they held them at 21. Uh, yeah, but Arkansas was kind of able to move the ball. Um, down the field at, at, at a few different times, and they were able to hunker down and force a couple of punts and 
like you said, only holding the 21, but it kind of felt like Arkansas was slicing them a few times, but that just might have been Arkansas being a talented offense, um, which they are. But, yeah, no, overall, Alabama's defense did play pretty solid. They get that win. Um, let's talk about that um, USC versus Notre Dame game, though, because – Yeah, this is the other one to me, game. which was the big story of the weekend. What the hell just happened? I mean, I kind of expected this to happen, but at the same time, I mean, I know I picked USC to win, but I felt like eventually this kind of game was going to happen to USC, where a team that's better up front just dominates them. Um, and you know what's crazy? USC's defense is not the reason why they lost. Thank you. Oh my, I, yo, I have this in my notes. I was ready, yo. I was so ready you to argue. All the stats? I was so ready to argue. But you know, but you no, know, I don't. I, mean, I don't look, have the stats. In front, well, I do have the stats in front of me now, but well, you could just see it, though. I mean, well, yeah, not they the turned the ball over. The offensive line. Well, yeah, their old line sucks. The first their old line sucks. So and, Notre Dame, and, and that's only what I want to say real quick. I think Notre Dame only scored thirteen points off from their offense. Um, at least from driving down the field, they got the ball in short field a bunch of times. They had. Yeah. A kick return for a touchdown. Did they also have a pick six or a defensive uh, touchdown? Yeah, yeah, a fumble recovery for a touchdown, or maybe a pick six for a touchdown. Like literally at the end of the yeah. game. Yeah. Um. So yeah, they had all three phases of the of the, of the game scoring. Um. Yeah, man. USC's offense is. This is what happens when when your offense is basically just backyard football. I know. Caleb Williams might be old enough to have played that video game on PlayStation, but <laughs> you can't do it in real life every single <laughs> game. And and I and this is what happens, um, especially with with Zachariah Branch not being there. I think USC's receivers are a little overrated, but at the end of the day, it doesn't matter who you are if the O line stinks. And I don't know, man. Uh, Lincoln Riley might be a cooked product, man. What do you think? Because I think this team is worse than last year's team. <coughs> Real quick, uh, Zachariah Branch, he did play. Um, he didn't have that many receptions, but um, he did have a couple of nice pump returns. Um, he's number one, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, then, yeah, I'm pretty sure he did play, actually. Um, he just wasn't that involved in the passing game. But my, my thoughts, I, I did – I have it here in my notes in bold letters, Lincoln Riley, because I do want to talk about Lincoln Riley. Um but before I do that, um, I don't fully want to put the blame on Caleb Williams either. Um, we talked, to, you talked about it a few uh, weeks ago. I thought you mentioned like, oh, well, if Caleb Williams has a bad game, USC is cooked, and obviously that's what happened because yeah, three interceptions is, in the first half is crazy. Yeah, this is um, this is a game that the result is not that unexpected, but how it happened is a little bit unexpected. Mm-hmm. Now. I just feel like Caleb Williams was under pre- – like, you look at all three of his interceptions. Every single one of his interceptions, he was under pressure. It was not a single one of his interceptions came from, like, a, a clean pocket and a misread or him staring down a wide receiver. No, it was him just – the first one, he was falling backwards. Um, the last one, he was rolling out to his left and threw it into triple coverage. Bad decision right there, to be honest. Um, I'll definitely put a little bit of the blame on him on that one, but um, – that guy was just running for his life, and you mentioned it. USC was just dominated up front on both ends of the, of the ball. 
Um, and the defense, it, it really wasn't their fault either. They're on, they're on the field the entire first half, um, and they were given a short field to defend half the time. And they didn't even really allow that many points. No, not really. I mean, not really. I mean, they, they wound up scoring 48, but they scored 17 in the fourth quarter, and 14 of it came in like – or 10 of it came in like garbage time pretty much. Um, do you think this was Sam Hartman's best game that we saw from him? I mean, he only had 126 no. yards, but he was efficient. He had two touchdowns. Honestly, his best I game. I thought he was decisive. Honestly, his best game was probably the first game against Army. <laughs> Amir Nate. Yeah, but I'm – okay, that's fair. But That's fair. <laughs> Um, I also wanted to mention he didn't really uh, have to do much in this game, though. He didn't. He didn't. Estime had ninety-five yards and two touchdowns as well. Um, but let, let's talk about Lincoln Riley, man, because at the end of the game, um, USC literally had like three turnovers in a row, or or two fumbles in a row. Mm-hmm. Um where it kind of just felt like the guys like just quit and just let the ball go. Like they didn't care. And it, I think this it, it team really, might have quit. They quit. Yeah. I have that. I, I said, it. it feels like they gave up. It felt like they quit. And I, and I get it. You're down by 20 points with four minutes left. You're probably not going to win the game. Right. Like you, you don't, you don't, you don't convert on fourth down. I get it. It sucks. But you, if you're going to be on that field, you got to play hard. You got to play like it's zero to zero or go put a freshman on the field. If these guys aren't going to play hard, go put somebody that wants that opportunity to go make a play in that four minutes to go make a play. Nobody on USC had the, had the will to be out there on that game. And uh, a lot of times people say teams take the coach, take the personality of their coach. And I don't know, man, it seems like over and over again in the big moments, Lincoln Riley and his teams, whether it's been at Oklahoma and now USC, whether it be losing to Tulane last year, or losing this first big game this year, yep, they just they just fail. We lost and, to Utah twice, and then and then, like you said, lost to Tulane, yeah. where, where they were up two scores in the fourth quarter against Tulane, mind you. So yeah, I think I think conversations are definitely to be had about Lincoln Riley and, and his ability as a head coach. Obviously, um, he's a, a great offensive mind, and um. But he was game. He was out gamed, man. This game, it seems like they had a good game plan, and obviously Notre Dame felt like some of their athletes were kind of just more dominant, um, especially on the defensive line compared to USC's O line. But yeah, man, this was this got ugly. Uh, nice win for Notre Dame. I mean, I think this is just goes to show Notre Dame has been a team that's been battle tested. Losing is learning, man. Uh, a lot of times, um, you learn more when you lose than when you win. And Notre Dame has two tough losses, one tough loss against Ohio State, a tough loss against Louisville. And it, you can tell that they've learned a lot. They know how to fight through adversity. And they whoop USC's ass. So, good win. Um, yeah, I just – I don't know, man. It seems like as the years are going on, Lincoln Riley is getting worse. Hmm. I, I – I'd agree. I mean, the, this year's not over, right? They can still make some noise in the Pac-12. So I'll give him, I'll give him a chance, man. Yeah, but, I definitely will hold this take for real yeah. until after the season. <laughs> facts, but this facts. team has not looked great for no. weeks at a time, and You're right, I don't know. Like, I just feel like Lincoln Riley doesn't really develop that many positions at all besides quarterback. Like, we know he always has a good quarterback, but. 
does he even really have good wide receivers? Like, yeah, he had Hollywood Brown and CeeDee Lamb, but other than that, like, he was at Oklahoma for a long time, and he's and he's been at USC for two years now, and his best receiver was was developed by Pitt. So I don't I don't know. Like, does he have any big time linemen or linebackers or DBs or running backs in the NFL? I mean, CD. Uh, yeah, but I mentioned CD and Hollywood Brown, CD? but I'm saying those that, oh, okay, those okay. are the only two that that were really like big NFL, NFL Kyler yeah, Murray? that were big NFL. Baker, yeah, I'm saying besides quarterback, uh, like, besides quarterback, I'm saying okay. he don't really develop no position besides quarterback. They might have some old linemen. I feel like they they must have some Creed Humphreys, isn't he? Wasn't he? Yeah, they probably have some from Oklahoma center. <laughs> they probably have. I don't some know, but from you Oklahoma, might be right, but. You might be right. Just saying, like this team, like I would think that that this stuff would be improved this year, with with the under yeah. year two of of right. of Lincoln Riley. I mean, look at every other team. Look at look at Washington with Caleb Boyd. Look at Oregon with 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 Dan Lanning. Look at Notre Dame with Marcus Freeman. They're all year two, and those teams are all looking way better than last year. I mean, say what you want about Notre Dame, they lost to Marshall last year. I don't think this team is losing to Marshall. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I want to looking something. I'm trying to look up their um, the recruiting class right now because when Caleb Williams leaves, what are they left with? Who is their quarterback? I the think future? they have a Who's five under- star, a former five star behind him, but I think he might be a freshman. Year? Yeah, I think he might yeah. be a freshman. I'm not. For, I'm not sure. Though. Malachi, Malachi Nelson, Malachi Nelson. So Malachi Nelson will be looking to take that. Okay, yeah, he was a five star. So this last class that he had was ranked ninth nationally, second in the Pac-12. Um, and this class that he's having this year is 18th nationally and fifth in the Big Ten right now. So yeah, that's not going to cut it. Um, he that that Big Ten ranking has to be top three. I think, I don't know, especially if he's not going to be a developer. If you're going to be a developer, then a top five class ranking within your conference is probably enough. But, yeah, I don't know. The future is not looking the brightest over at USC right now. Um, But like you said, we'll we'll reserve any major takes for the end of the year because these boys could bounce back and and run through the Pac-12. But, uh We'll see. I doubt it, based on what we've seen so far. But anything's possible. One week at a time. Let's talk about uh, Miami and UNC. Um, this was a pretty interesting game. Yeah, Miami got smoked. Um, yeah, they did, but not really. I thought they played a pretty good first half. I mean, they had the lead going into the half, despite that uh, that fumble on the one-yard line. Um, I thought Van Dyke was pretty comfortable, and... Um, Jacoby George, I think that was his name, number three. Just the whole wide receiver room in general. Miami has – they're they're legit. Um, and they were making plays in that first half. Even in the second half, um, they made a couple plays as well. Um, I think Miami definitely needs more um, depth at running back. Um, they ran the ball okay, but outside of their main running back, Parrish, it felt like they weren't getting any true value out of any of their other, any of their other running backs um, compared to Omarion Hampton. 
um, UNC's running back who ran for like 200 yards, a touchdown. Um, second half, it just kind of felt like uh, UNC settled in offensively, specifically the first half. Their offense was kind of um, erratic. Uh, Drake May was just a little bit of all over the place, but he settled in and he looked great. I mean, he didn't turn the ball over at all. He threw for four touchdowns, 275 yards. Tez Walker, he's an NFL player um, when his time comes. Um, and, and Tyler Van Dyke, I don't think he was bad. I just think Drake May was better. And the two interceptions that Van Dyke threw in the second half really hurt his team. Um, just turnovers and, and, and missed opportunities. As crazy as this sounds, a lot of times it does feel like Miami beats themselves like over and over and over again. It's crystal like, ball, they're man. Like, they're a team that I watch that just beats themselves more than any other team. The Florida Gators, we beat ourselves a lot as well, but Miami's another team. They beat themselves a lot. I hope I um, picked North Carolina yeah, last week. I think you did. I'm, I'm pretty sure. Because <laughs> I know did. I said I, I wouldn't be surprised if Miami won this game, but. No, Miami played well. I mean, they showed that they potentially could win this game in I owed North Carolina an apology for not picking them before, so I had to pick them. But yeah, they actually look better I, this year. Like, like they don't really look like the past North Carolina teams where they're good for a little bit and then end up going like eight and four. Like, like this is a team that I think has a legit shot at making the ACC title game. And I have that here in my notes. I was going to ask you: Is are they a legit playoff contender? Though, I mean, if they're in the ACC title game. Then if they are and they're just, undefeated no. or have one loss, then yes. I mean, let's let's take a look I at their schedule. Think, I, I don't think they're on the level of other teams. Like, I don't think they're on the level of Texas, maybe even Oklahoma, Georgia, Alabama. I think Alabama's an iffy team. I still think I would I take mean, Alabama think, over UNC, I though. I think they have probably the – Is Drake made schedule. better than Caleb Williams? Is Drake May better than they Caleb Williams? Maybe. He's older than Caleb Williams. I don't really think so. He's more he's more he's more seasoned than Caleb Williams, but he's not better than Caleb I think, Williams. I think I think they're different quarterbacks and they play in, on different teams, so it's kind of hard to say. Um, as a prospect, as an NFL, as an NFL prospect, I wouldn't be surprised if, if people drive Drake May. I think Drake May's bigger. Um, he's shown to play in structure more. Like Caleb Williams just plays so much backyard ball that that's that's one thing that just worries me. Like it's not about his throwing ability. Like he could make every throw. It's can he play in an NFL offense? That's the only thing. And I think that him honestly, I think that him playing this style is more because of how bad USC is than him just wanting to play like that. So yeah, I agree. I mean, I think I think I think Caleb is still probably the best, but. Um, I mean North Carolina. Yeah, that's fair. They have they have a weak schedule, man. Weak ass. This schedule. is their remaining schedule: Virginia, Georgia Tech, Campbell, the Fighting Campbells, by the way, uh, Duke, Clemson, NC State. I mean, look, you can't sleep on Duke, you can't sleep on Clemson, but this is not exactly a gauntlet. Okay, so even if this team has one loss going into the ACC title game. If they win that, they have to be in consideration for the playoff, right? Because they would have probably beaten Florida State. That that's my thing. I feel like um, they are obviously a le- a legitimate um, contender, but yeah, they have to get through Florida State. And if they have one loss, 
it would have to they could only lose to Duke or Clemson. And honestly, if you lose to Clemson, mm-hmm. I, I, and then if you lose to Duke, that's still kind of ugly too. Like you're losing to a basketball school. So even not really. <laughs> even I when think, Duke is, not really. I, I think know, this I know, year. I, I mean, look, Duke is a good team this year, and they are. They, their defense is amazing, and they have a pretty good quarterback. Yeah. So I agree. Look, they, but you, I mean, you could say the same thing about Louisville too. Like, I mean, Louisville yeah, lost. Uh, Louisville lost, but so I guess that's kind of over. But you know, I mean, if you have one loss and you're a conference champion. We have to consider them. Yeah, North Carolina, their schedule scares me. I want to see how they play in these Duke and Clemson games. Um, if they win both of these games and they look good or, yeah, and they just look good in both of the games, even if they're close games, but it's like good close games, I'll feel a lot more confident. But, yeah, um, their schedule really hasn't taught us much. Um, I think this game against Miami taught us a little bit, but they were at home and Miami played them decently well and like i said miami made a lot of mistakes in this game Mm -hmm. uh, when it came to turnovers and allowing explosive plays and this game kind of wound up a little bit different so i i do think they have the talent for sure yeah they look better one of the better and they look better up front north carolina does like this is this is a north carolina team that i really think has a chance in a game against a lot of these top teams Top teams. A, lot of, I agree. a lot of times you, they would play a top team and, and yeah, they might've had a good quarterback or, or a good wide receiver here and there. But when it came to the trenches, they never had it. But this team is a team that looks like they have it in the trenches. I mean, we've seen them beat South Carolina. Then they just beat Miami. It's because of the trenches, man. And this is the common theme of the year. Teams that you don't really think would have the trenches are starting to have them, at least traditionally, right? Like you would expect, you know, you would expect Alabama, Georgia, Ole Miss, you know, the SEC teams like that to have their trenches. But you don't expect North Carolina or um, – trying to think. North Carolina, Duke, you know, teams like that, Louisville. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, you don't expect those guys to be able to be blocking teams like Notre Dame, and here they are. So it's just it's just been a really fun year, man. And and honestly, I hope that North Carolina does win the ACC. I don't think that they're gonna. I, my pick is still. I want them to win it too. My pick is still Florida State, but I th- I, I hope. I would love to see Duke and Louisville involved as well. Somehow, Yo, I, I, honestly, State out of there. Honestly, my dream ACC title game is Duke and Louisville, but that's probably not going to happen. <laughs> or Duke and UNC. Imagine that classic basketball oh, rivalry. Oh, like, my uh, God. Can you imagine the, the football church. rivalry of basketball schools? <laughs> we just need some that's Kentucky fire. and Kansas up there, man. Let's go. Uh, that'd be cool. That'd be cool. <laughs> um, but speaking of Louisville, man, uh, their ACC championship plan just got a whole – lot more difficult and man if you were listening to our preview show if you were listening to our preview show i was we were all over this man we tried to warn you guys that this was indeed a trap game i think you tried to warn us oh well yeah i i did i I told everybody that we just get a moment of silence for louisville respect to louisville and and all their accomplishments and their six and oh start but they got cooked i mean cooked Surprisingly, they had a good start. By a one in fourteen, up, up until about like three minutes left in the first half, 
that's when all the turnovers started coming. But <laughs> <laughs> they they started pretty well. I mean, it it was business as usual. I mean, it was ugly weather, so it was a bit of an ugly game throughout from start to finish. But Louisville was still putting up points. How you expected Louisville to put up points? I mean, they had twenty one points in the first half. Um, early on in the, in, in the second quarter, I think they already had th- that twenty one point. Um, but they were blanked in the second half. Man, Pitt came out. Um, Jack Plummer, he, he threw two picks. He fumbled once. Um, Pitts took one of those interceptions back for seven and scored uh, seven other points off of the turnovers as well. So um, just an ugly game. Pitt also had a first-time starting quarterback, Christian Velo. He threw for 200 yards and two touchdowns. Um, he looked great, bro. I was like, wait, is that is that Phil Yurkovich? And I was like, nah, that ain't him. Um <laughs> uh, that's that I'm like, yo, he's playing well in his first start. So yeah, that it was just a game that you kind of want to forget about if you're a Louisville Cardinal fan. Um just kind of got trapped, man. Believed believed your own hype. Not 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 really your your fault, like I said. I mean, a big emotional win against Notre Dame. And then next week or this upcoming week, they have a big game against Duke, who's one of the top teams in the country. So a team like Pitt, who is a good program just having a bad year um they're susceptible to get got like these are two programs that are on the same level louisville is just having a better year um they just have the better team this year you know what i mean but the talent is still the talent profile is still similar to both of these universities so it's just about what team comes out to play better on what day and as we saw any given saturday bro anything could happen and louisville got cooked (laughs) they got cooked in old Yinzer fashion, they got cooked. Um, we'll move on from that, though. Louisville still has a few big games on their schedule. Like I said, they got Duke upcoming. Um, and they also play Miami and Kentucky later on in the year. So it's an opportunity to get some more big wins and to finish with maybe only one loss or two losses and play in a nice bowl game or a New Year's Six Bowl. But they're going to need some help to get into that. ACC title game if they want a chance at a truly magical season. Um, let's kick it over to a little bit of A&M, Tennessee. This game was pretty much of a defensive struggle. Um, I think I picked Tennessee. You picked A&M, right? No, I picked, I, pick I Tennessee? picked Tennessee. Did I pick A&M? Nah. I, would I think I picked Tennessee. I hope I did. What? No, I, I, I picked Tennessee because I because I said that you can't trust Jimbo. Oh yeah, I think we both picked. Ten- yeah. I bet on Tennessee, so yeah, we both picked Tennessee. Actually, I actually hit on a bet. Um, what was the bet this week? Um, it was a fire ticket. It was Oklahoma State, and we're going to talk about Oklahoma State to beat Kansas, Tennessee to beat A and M. Um, who else is on it? Yo, Oklahoma State has been teams. quietly winning games. That's why I picked them because we talked about it, bro. Mm-hmm. We talked about it here on this podcast. I knew, but um, hold on. I have it right here. It was Oklahoma State, Tennessee, um, Oregon to cover the spread or Oregon to to uh, lose by three and a half, and they only lost by three, so that covered. I picked Notre Dame to beat USC. I picked North Carolina to beat Miami, and then I told you Oregon State was going to beat UCLA, and we're, we're going to talk about that in a little bit too. Did I pick UCLA? I picked- of course you did. Of course you I did. I need to stop picking UCLA. Because you're a Chip Kelly 
believer just because he was Oregon's best coach ever. No. It's not even because of Chip. Right. Just Chip, like, I don't know. I need to stop picking He's UCLA. They burned me twice, bro. Uh, I'm not picking him no more. Let's, let's refocus on this Tennessee t- uh, A&M game real quick, though. Uh, yeah, Tennessee, they, they won that game 20-13. to uh, Their pass rush dominated. A&M's defense, they pretty much kept them in the game and gave them a chance. Um but I thought that the second half run game was a difference maker for Tennessee. They were able to run the ball. Joe Milton putting um, up them prime Eli Manning numbers. <laughs> yeah, like both quarterbacks were dog and like they did nothing. <laughs> but Joe Milton had a had a couple big runs in the second half that helped um extend some drives and <laughs> and uh give Tennessee a chance. Uh but yeah, this was really just both defenses and Tennessee's running game, pretty much. Tennessee got a, a big win though. Um AM is A&M's bad. It's crazy how Tennessee's like a running team now after last year. They are. Yeah. They actually um I think they're one of the worst teams in the country when it comes to explosive passing plays. They are. Um compared to <laughs> the top team in the country in explosive passing Yo, plays last year. Joe Bill averaged four point five yards a completion. <laughs> yeah. Dude. Jeez. That guy is <laughs> They running back. Yeah. They actually average more yards rushing, including sacks. By the way, so if you if you adjust for sacks, it's probably more than that. It's probably five and five point something yards a carry because they running back average seven yards a carry. So, yeah. Um, let's talk about that UCLA Oregon State game, though. Um, yeah, this is just a game that I, I just knew. You were trying to tell me that Oregon State's defense wasn't like that, and I'm trying to sit here and tell you, what are you talking about, bro? Like, yeah, they got fried by Cam Ward, but Cam Ward is a very good quarterback. Um, and Dante Moore, he's just a, a true freshman, man, and his his freshman woes continued, man. He got benched at one point. You know, he threw three picks. Um, one of them was a pick six. Um, Oregon State's defense, they were just swarming, man. They were just everywhere. They were great tackling. Um 11 people to the ball. Uh, like I said, they, they got three interceptions. Um, ben don't break uh, when UCLA was actually able to put together some drives. Um, they were eventually able to hunker down and, and force a punt or a, f- a field goal attempt. They did give up a couple second half touchdowns. Um, but yeah, man, um, Oregon State's run game, it just really opens up the pass game and uh, – it really just owned UCLA's defense, which we were both pretty high on coming into this game, but they had no answer um, for anything that Oregon State wanted to do on offense, especially in the first half. Yeah, I don't really have anything to say about it. UCLA just got cooked. <laughs> yeah. I mean, look, Oregon um, State is, is a good team, so – you know they're gonna they're gonna win these games like this. Yeah, um, Utah they beat Cal thirty four to fourteen. Hold up, hold up. DJ Uyunglele was not the problem at Clemson. All right, now go ahead. No, no. <laughs> I, just, I don't think I just he, gotta he, make that I'll note. Like I'll, I'll I'll put it like this though. He was not the solution. I mean, I no, guess, he was but not. like. The solution is is Dabo not being in nineteen ninety five. That's the solution. <laughs> That's fair. <laughs> that that was a fool. Um, yeah. 
<laughs> Duke, uh, they rolled over NC State 24 to 3. Um, and then Arizona 44 to 6. Ass whooping over Washington State in Pullman. Uh, about an hour or so before the game, you sent a DM to our group chat uh, that said Fafita will be the starting quarterback. And you said, We know what this means. <laughs> Something of the sort. And I remember I laughed at that. We both laughed at that because we both indeed knew what that meant. But I didn't know it meant this. I knew it meant something fishy was about to go on. I didn't know. Yeah, what what happened, bro? Like yo, Fafita is immune to Pullman. Let's go. Yo, if if they start Delara again, yo. They need to fire their coach. If this is not enough to win the job, yeah, they need to they I mean, need to fire their coach, bro. Yo, they literally look like a completely different team. You know what? Since we talking about Arizona, I gotta say this: Arizona is who y'all wanted Colorado to be. That's it. They going bowling. This is a okay, bowling I'll put it like team. This. I'm pretty sure I try to tell you Arizona was good, and you try to tell me they were dogs because Delora was the quarterback, bro. They lost okay, to Mississippi that's, that's State, fair. and he threw four interceptions, and they lost by. Yeah, but they played that good. They played that game good. They lost to Mississippi State with, and they lost <laughs> until about like seven points in overtime. Yeah, it was thirty-one twenty-four. That was a dead giveaway that Arizona was good. Like, yeah, but not with Delara, bro. Not with Delara. <laughs> okay, that's fair. You got to get rid that's of Delara. Fair, <laughs> but yeah, man, I'm Arizona does look like a team that could go bowling. And wait, mm. are they joining the Big Twelve next year? Yep. Ooh, that's interesting. Oh, Fafita about to give him hell over there. <laughs> oh, but man, what a what a fall back down to earth this is for Washington State, man. They were yeah. such a fun team to follow earlier on in the year. Yeah, two stinkers, maybe man. They... Yeah. What was that? Oh. And one of them was at home, dude. Ugh. But hey, it happens. It uh, doesn't get any easier for them, though, because they go to Oregon next week. So, yeah, <laughs> angry, pissed off Oregon at that. So. I know. I know. Um, it was fun. The two, the one in the, the week and a half Cam Ward Heisman campaign. Yeah, the one week uh, Heisman campaign. The big wins over Wisconsin and, and Oregon State. Uh, that was fun, but uh, it, it seems it has all come to an end for uh, Washington State. I mean, after they get through this Oregon game, uh, they do have a, a few winnable games with Arizona State, Stanford, and Cal, um, and Colorado as well. Uh, then they got to go to Washington and out the year. But, um, yeah, it, it, they still can definitely go bowling. I don't think it's the end of the world for them, but um, definitely going to have to sit on another L next week, spoiling our predictions. But Let me look at Arizona's schedule. A prediction. They end with Oregon State, UCLA, Colorado, Utah, Arizona State. If they beat Colorado and Arizona State, guess what? Yep. Six and six. I told you this is the team that y'all wanted Colorado to be because this is how Colorado should be looking at the rest of their schedule. I mean, if they would have beat Stanford, this yeah, is what this they would have be. That would be. You'd be looking at that Arizona game like that's going to be. Yep. I mean, I still think that's going to be a hell of a game. Colorado versus Arizona is going to be a game and a half. Yeah, that, I don't think that game is going to yeah. be wild. Why? <laughs> Especially if Fafita's playing. If Yo, playing. Let's go. Yo, you think Fafita go out duel, out duel Shador? <laughs> he might. Yo, 
if Afida Abdul Shadur. This guy's like a folk lore legend, bro. Like, I mean, he literally is. He's like a freaking dwarf out there, swinging it. Is this guy, bro? Like, he's got to be like five. This is this, this is story of the year without a doubt. Like, definitely, definitely Fafita coming out of nowhere. Yo, I'm, his last name is great too. I love his last Fafita. name. Like, yeah, I'm rooting for Fafita, bro. Let's go, Big Twelve champ. They have him listed at five eleven. 194, he's but not like he's more probably like 5'9". Yeah, he's 5'9 at the most because he ain't no 5'10". 180. He ain't no 5'10". He's 5'9 at the most. But look, you're looking at your future Big 12 player of the year. <laughs> look, you laughing. Yo. Look. Oh, yeah. <laughs> this is not real, yo. He's a freshman, bro. Oh, he's a freshman. Big 12 better watch out, I'm telling you. He just came in and started cooking everybody. Look, I'm sorry. I I'm sorry. I need to get a tail. He almost outdueled the Heisman winner, man. I know. That's why it's so funny, bro. He fried Caleb Williams, yo, head to head. Come on, man. Caleb Williams, bro. Let's go on the road. On the road, and this is what makes it spectacular, bro. Both of those games, he was at USC and at Washington State. Yep. And he went toe to toe with Cam Ward and Caleb Williams. Man, that is absolutely spectacular stuff, bro. Yeah, well, he absolutely yeah he spoke yeah he spoke. But I'm saying that was that was the head to head quarterback matchup. So, shit. I mean, Shador he is incredible. Oh. He's one of the top quarterbacks in the country as well. So this man threw like for three hundred forty two yards on thirty four for forty three, and he's efficient. He's efficient, bro. Seventy five percent on the year, bro. You can't stop. I'm telling him. you, dude. QBR of ninety. <laughs> Let's go. I hope he goes to Florida next year, bro. Man, listen. He might be nah, he's from Cali. He might be on Oregon next year. If, yeah, fact, if some people don't fact. stop playing around, let's go. <laughs> Yo, no, that's too good, bro. That's too good, bro. That's too good, bro. That is too good. All right. Let's keep it moving though. Um LSU smoked Auburn forty eight eighteen. I told you um, that that could have been a blowout. Yeah, you did. Um I thought maybe Auburn to give a little bit of a, a duel, but uh, they can't throw. They can't throw. Um, and then yeah, Kansas got beat by Oklahoma State, but th- this was a pretty good game, man. Um, I have some a few thoughts. Um, I thought early on in the game, it kind of felt like Oklahoma State was getting whatever they wanted on offense. They were able to run the ball, um, and and pass the ball at will. And I think the run game that Oklahoma State, um was able to establish was the difference in this game as well, um, as well as the two um, interceptions by Jason Bean. But um, Kansas, they eventually were able to stabilize um, on offense and defense, and they looked good, man. It looked like the Kansas that we've come to know and love. Um, and both quarterbacks did look good. Uh, but Jason Bean, man, he just had those uh, those two or three big turnovers late. He had um, two interceptions, and I think – Kansas also had a fumble. I don't know if he fumbled. I think it was a strip sack, I believe, um, that Oklahoma State was able to get. And their defense came up big, um, able to get in a couple stops and get that win. Um, but, yeah, man, Oklahoma State, a couple big wins here in the past few weeks. Uh, moving on to 4-2, and 2-1 two, two and one in the Big 12. They travel to West Virginia uh, next week, 3.30 p.m. ESPN. That's going to be a big one. If they can win that game. Um, the best team left on their schedule would just be at home against Oklahoma, a 
big rivalry game. And then they end the year with some of the newbies, uh, UCF, Houston, and BYU. So potential for these guys to 10-2, and 9-3, and, and play a nice little bowl game after everything was looking like it was in shambles after that 33-7 to loss to South Alabama and then the, the loss to Iowa State the week after. My gun is about to get an extension. <laughs> right? It's crazy. Um, what else we got going on? Rutgers, big win over Michigan State. A game that looked like was going to be another typical Rutgers loss, just not able to get it done when it finally looked like they had a chance. But now they were. Kyle Manungai, 24 carries, 148 yards, leads the Big Ten in rushing, the Big Ten player of the week. Shout out to him. Um, Gavin Wimsat was able to distribute the ball here and there. Two interceptions uh, definitely hurt Rutgers, and he has to definitely try to do his best to limit those. Um, but all in all, man, Rutgers got that win. Uh, homecoming, they moved to five and two. Rutgers is five and two, man. Like they one more win and they're bowling. Rank Rutgers, and they got they go to Indiana next week. Winnable game. Indiana's currently zero and three in the Big Ten. And two and four overall. Um, and then they get Ohio State at home. Uh, what do you think that game is going to look like? Which one? Ohio State in New Jersey, in Piscataway, New Jersey. Oh, Rutgers is going to smoke them. What are you talking about? Um, I have a feeling. I have a feeling. <laughs> I, 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 can, I literally, am, I, in my, in, I've seen, I had a vision, bro. Two pick sixes, bro. I've seen two pick sixes. And okay. Kyle McCord's future. Okay. I'm just landing. I'm just putting that. That's, that's still two weeks away. That's not till November. That might be three weeks away. Shit. But I'm not. Nah, I had a vision, bro. Like, that's all Raven. I saw some shit. Uh, Rutgers goes at Iowa, at Penn State, Uh-oh. and then the end of the year uh, at home versus Maryland. So, yeah. These four last, these last four games um, are going to be rough. Um, I'm praying they beat Indiana on the road. Um, that would give them that sixth win and that bowl eligibility, and they'd be able to lose these last four games and still go bowling. But I do think they can go on the road and beat Iowa. Um, Iowa was able to go ahead and beat Wisconsin this week, a team that Rutgers got cooked by. So they're not being no, they're not being Iowa on the road. Yeah. I'm telling you, Iowa came. I watched Iowa walk into Piscataway and smoke Rutgers last year, so listen. I'm, I, I don't I don't believe in that either. Iowa um, is but. well behind their 25 point average at this point, and five and one. Yes, this is a team that. Okay, we talked about scenarios before. <laughs> what if they win the Big Ten at no, 11 no, and one? No, 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 no. Could we see Iowa no. in the playoffs? Even though they only average two points a game. No, 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 no. Bro, do you look go look at Iowa's go I'm about to read you Iowa the rest of Iowa's schedule. Oh my god. They could do it. They play Minnesota bro, they have four <laughs> home games, bro, in a row. They play at home versus Minnesota, at home versus Northwestern, at home versus Rutgers, at home versus Illinois, and then they finally end the year on the road at Nebraska. Daunting Nebraska. These guys <laughs> Legitimately, are going to go eleven and one and go play for the Big Ten title. Yo, they're not firing happen. the OC either. They're not even going to fire him, even though they're they're below the twenty five point average. They're not going to fire Brian Ferentz. 
Yo, and Wisconsin, the other every other team in the big in the Big Ten West is garbage. And they just beat Wisconsin. Yep. Their, that's their only other competition. Yeah, that was the threat. Man, listen, at some point oh, you gotta respect no. it. I can't even hate this team no more. I just gotta oh, respect no. it. No. I gotta respect no, he's it. come full circle. <laughs> full circle. No, no, full circle will be watching it. I won't watch it. Oh. I refuse to watch this this team play. But no at some way. point, I just gotta sit back and say, "Hey, if you're winning, what can I say? What can uh, I say? Nah. I mean, nah. You, they were you just three weeks ago. You called them a disgrace, and now they are a disgrace. Here we are. They are a disgrace." <laughs> I, I stand on that. I'm not taking that back. They are a disgrace, but I gotta respect it. Because if you're if you're just gonna lean into it that much and not even try to change, look, this is it. Game, this is game is game. Yeah, this is what sports is about right here. Like not scoring points and still winning. How about that? Just refusing to do anything on on one side of the ball. That's actually sick. But that's exactly why I think Rutgers can beat them. Because Rutgers is baby Iowa. Yeah, they're baby Iowa because they can't freaking They can win six. They can't score they even can win though. They can win six. Yes, they can. They can they can rush they ha- they can have a rushing touchdown. Kyle Manungai that is true. can run for a touchdown. That's true, but, I believe but it. Iowa's defense is holding everybody. It's gonna score. Yeah, they're gonna <laughs> they're gonna get a defensive touchdown and they're gonna hold that's your team sure. to zero points. So Zero points. Yeah, good point. I don't. I don't really have faith in Rutgers. I'm sorry. Rutgers got to win that game against Illinois or Indiana. Yeah, they definitely have. They definitely have to get that game. They got to um, beat Indiana because, look, Iowa. <laughs> Iowa's a freaking powerhouse, man. Please no. Please. Got to respect it. Um, <laughs> two more games. I want to get to before we close out the show here. Um. Mizzou, they traveled to Kentucky, um, a team that we haven't really talked about much on this podcast, but a team that I've talked about a lot um, off air. They're good. Missouri, respect Missouri. They're we talked about Missouri a very little good bit. Team. We talk, we, yeah, we talked about Luther Burden. I know we mentioned him being one of the top um, teams, and we talked about Brady. I, we, we've talked about them, right, because we talk about all the teams. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, I think Missouri is a, a legit uh, threat to Georgia. Um, just it should be. I would ranked. say more so than they are. They're ranked uh tw- nineteen or twenty, I think. Oh, okay, coming into this week. Um, no, they're not. Oh no, no, they're twenty. They're twenty. My bad. And and time out. I don't think they're a legit shot to be. Georgia. They're not going to be Georgia. They're not beating right. Georgia. They have, but they have as much of a chance as I believe Florida has. As like I, like I, I don't believe that Kentucky had zero chance to be. To to be Georgia, I don't think Tennessee has any chance to be Georgia, but I do think Missouri. But no Brock Bowers though. Universe. Talk to me. Talk to me. Look, we didn't. Did we we didn't mention it before that Brock Bowers is out for four to six weeks, getting surgery on his ankle. They have a little bit of a gauntlet coming up, man. I mean, they do. Florida, Missouri, Ole Miss, Tennessee. This is the toughest That's part tough. of your schedule. So. They are getting they are getting a bye week this week, so Georgia is on a bye, a much needed bye. So they're getting a pretty. I'm, I'm assuming they're going to get everybody y'all on a bye ready week for this too, though, right? Outside of yeah, we always get it. Yeah, yeah, we're on a bye as well. All right, so um, Sun Belt Billy better cook something up. Yeah, we're going to talk about Florida in a second too, but yeah, Missouri um got off to a slow start in this one. 
Um, Kentucky was able to run the ball early. Ray Davis, again, kind of proving that he is a top back in the SEC. Um, but once Missouri was able to settle in and get through that first quarter, um, after Kentucky jumped out to that 14-0 lead, um, they started to cook. Um, the Missouri wide receivers were running laps around Kentucky secondary. Um, felt like they were getting open all the time, um, especially in the second and fourth quarter in specific. Um, Mizzou, they just kind of turned it on in the second half as well. It just felt like Kentucky really had no offense um, at all outside of Ray Davis, who had 128 yards on 20 carries. Devin Leary, again, 14 for 27, 120 yards. He did throw for two touchdowns, but he also threw two interceptions. Um, on top of, I think, Kentucky had like 140 yards worth of penalties in that game as well. You could blame the refs, or you could just say they were being they were very undisciplined that game. Um, Missouri was just the overall better team. And, I mean, they went on the road, and we just saw Florida go on the road to Kentucky and saw what happened to them. So, um Night, night, a night game in the SEC at Kroger Field. That's a tough place to win. And Missouri went on the road and kind of made it look easy outside of that first 15 minutes of play. Um, I don't know if you got a chance to, to check out this game, but yeah, they look good. They looked good. Um, Florida, though, I know you didn't watch this game because we were on at the same time as you guys were. Um, shit, this was a wild-ass game, bro. Um, I wanted to watch it too, but I just couldn't. Yeah, a shootout is not what I expected. I mean, we talked about it. We said it's October. Hey, survive October. <laughs> we said it's, and we both picked Florida, by the way. So salute yeah. to us. For... Well, I couldn't. I couldn't <laughs> pick South Carolina because they burned me. So nah, yeah, they suck. Yeah, uh, but it, it was October, and and we did expect <laughs> it to be weird. Florida was like one and eight on the road before this game in Billy Napier's tenure. Um, so we knew it was going to be a weird game and that it couldn't really go any way. And yep. that's exactly kind of how this game played out. I mean, it was back and forth, back and forth in the first half. Um, and then in the second half, it slowed down. The third quarter, neither team scored a touchdown. Both defenses kind of dominated and were getting after the quarterback. And then the fourth quarter was insane. Um, South Carolina went up by 10 points, and Florida had a 10-point a, a comeback, was able to win the game by two points. Uh, they technically – they would have won the game by four points, but they took a safety at the end of the game um, to kind of kill some time. Uh, good game clock management there by Billy Napier. Um, but, yeah, man, uh, salute to Graham Mertz. Career high in passing yards, 423 passing yards, uh, three touchdowns. This this kid is just – he's just good. Like, um, obviously, the jokes were funny in the offseason, and, and I was not a believer – uh, based on what he had showed at Wisconsin, but uh, he has made me a believer. Um, he's just a good quarterback, man. I don't know um, what it is about him, but he's a great leader. It seems like the players like playing with him and playing for him. Um, his connection with Ricky Pearsall um, and a few of the other wide receivers is really pure. I mean, Ricky Pearsall had 10 catches, 166 yards, and a touchdown. That dude to be first-team All-SEC. Um, maybe – all, maybe all American. I'm thinking. I'm. I'm saying like he. He is having. He's putting together an insane season. Um. Um. What was I gonna say though? Uh, Graham Mertz. Yeah, he's tough as nails as well, man. I mean, he was getting hit. 
Um, our offensive line, we let my man's get smacked back there. And you can see he's slow to get up, but he gets up. And, like, you'll see he'll limp a little bit, and then he just shakes it off, and then he'll throw a dime the next play. And it's just salute to him. Um, Florida's defense, man, major concern. Um, definitely got tricked by those guys. They looked really good earlier on in the year. I thought we had a uh, one of the better units in the country, but definitely not. Now, we, we talked about it in earlier on in the year. Last year, Florida's defense ranked in the high 100s, like 120-something, I think. So uh, we fired our – we didn't fire him, but we let our defensive coordinator uh, explore other options, and we hired so a new DC. Him. Sure, we did, but <laughs> they won't They won't admit it. Anyways, um, so improvement for us, even a defense ranked in the 50s, 60s, 70s would be an improvement for Florida um, defensively. The first month, first five weeks, we were in the top 10, so we were feeling really good. Um, I think we are going to be brought down to earth a little bit more. I think this defense is going to be in like the 30s or 40s, and I think that's still really good, but – um, I think as fans, we need to kind of have that expectation now uh, for the rest of the season because we have a really tough uh, remaining schedule. Um, talk about um, only having one <laughs> winnable game for Rutgers in Colorado. Let's talk about that with Florida. I mean, we got Arkansas will be favored in, and then we won't be favored in another game the rest of the year. We're on the road at LSU and at Missouri. Um, we have a neutral site game against Georgia in a couple weeks, and then we end the year at home against Florida State. I'm confident in that Florida State game, um, but th- those those games against those Tigers uh, definitely scaring me. Those November games against Missouri are always weird, even when we're the dominant team. Missouri has made those weird for us. Back to when we had Dan Mullen or Jim McElwain or Will Muschamp. For me, when, when Missouri joined the SEC, they were making shit weird. It's just cold. It's out west. Weird time zone, um, mountain like mountain time zone. I think they're in, or the central. Zone. I don't know what they're in, but so yeah, we'll see. I, I do think Florida, like I said, I think two weeks ago, I do think we're gonna win six games no matter what. I think that's our absolute floor. But can we get to seven or eight? Ah, I don't know. I liked what I, I liked what I saw from our offense, but I didn't like what I saw from our defense. So we'll I mean, see. Our defense typically play well, so. Giving up 39 yeah. to South Carolina with that terrible old line. Uh, I don't know, man. We haven't given up 20 points all year. That was the first time. I mean, I lied. We, we haven't gave given up 20 up, to Utah. We gave up We gave up 33 to um Kentucky is what I meant. Yeah. We haven't gave up over 30 points all year is what I meant to say, okay. but we gave up 33 to So that it was wrong regardless whatever I was trying to say. But, yeah, that that is the most points we've given up all year is at 39. Um. So yeah, I'm, I'm I'm hoping with this bye week we can figure something out defensively. Um, but, but I also want to give a caveat: Florida, uh, no team in the country has played as many true freshmen as we have. We've played eleven true freshmen. We've we've started eleven true freshmen throughout the year, not all at the same time, but um, throughout the year, um, that's the most in the country by far. I think the next closest is like seven or six. Um, so, and most of those true freshmen or on the defensive side of the ball, I think like seven, no, I think maybe even like eight or nine of those guys are defensive players for us. So a very young defense. So that should scare a lot of people, knowing how good this defense is going to be in a couple years with all the experience they're getting this year. Um, 
But yeah, big win for Florida. We we can't win away games, and we finally won an away game. So maybe one of these road games against LSU or Missouri will be able to make some happen. But we'll see. We'll see. What else we got going? Any other games? I think that's um, pretty much all of them. Wyoming Air Force. Air Force, yeah, Air Air Force, Force won, yeah. man. Air Force did win that, that game. That was wild, too. Um, wild ass game. Um, trying to what think happened? What else? Um, Wyoming scored what should have been a go ahead touchdown with about two minutes left. And Air Force blocked the extra points, so the score ended up being tied 27 27. And Air Force gets the ball and scores. And they won the game 34 27, man. Right. Triple option one. <laughs> it's crazy, man. I mean, Air Force looking like potentially the best, best G5, G5 team? team, maybe. Maybe. I mean, there's there's a few other teams, like we mentioned Tulane and uh, James Madison. They washed Georgia Southern. Yeah. They're 6 Those are like the top um, they're, three. They're looking I really good. But here's the thing yeah. JMU, since they left their conference, is banned from the postseason. So even if they go 12 and 0, they're not going to be. Doesn't yeah. Matter. Okay. So, so for the team that gets the New Year's Six bid from the G5, is probably going to be Tulane or Air Force. It's looking the like it. imagine looking Air right Force and on New Year's. Imagine the entire well, uh, the casual college football fan that only watches college football on New Year's turning on that New Year's Six day and seeing freaking Air Force against Washington. It would be beautiful like, because that triple option is going to give whoever they play trouble too. It is. It is. They run it well, man. They run it well. They execute and it they well. They actually had a passing um, TD in the game too. They did. It was a. It was a pretty big one too, right? It was like fifty yards. No, or, no, no. It was one else? of those plays where it's basically a jet sweep, but instead of handing the ball, they just do the little, the little little toss to him. But it, since it's forward, it counts as a pass. <laughs> I might have been thinking about a different game from them. <laughs> I know they had a. I know they had a forward pass. Uh, a forward passing touchdown. Uh, they did on throw the year. nine passes. So, um, yeah, uh, we talked about Iowa over Wisconsin, fifteen to six. It's hideous. Uh, K State they bounced back and they got a, a win over Tech, thirty eight to twenty one. Um, Texas Tech, um, Colorado State beat Boise State on a hail mary in some Mountain West after dark action. Um, so it's good to see that uh, it looks like they'll be able to. With with uh withhold that tradition of wild games uh, that start at 10 p.m. Eastern. I hope that is a thing that never dies because it's one of the best parts about college football, getting in bed and having a wild-ass college football game to fall asleep to. Um, TCU popped BYU 44-11. to um, Yeah, I think that's pretty much it. And I know uh, Illinois, they did beat Maryland, which is a pretty sizable upset. Um. Tough loss for Maryland, but all in all, another solid week of college football. Let's run through the new AP Top 25. I got to say something. Go ahead. There was an insane comeback in the FCS where Idaho State was playing Eastern Washington – and they mm-hmm. were down 41 
to 14 in the second half and came no back and won 42 to 41. So shout out to Idaho State and the FCS. Shout out Idaho State. Insane. Wow. 41 to 14 in the second yep. half. <laughs> How many, what is that? 30 points, 20, 27 points or something like that? 20 something points? Insane. Jeez. And didn't give up a single point. Nope. The rest of the way. Your Roadrunners also caught a dub 41 to 20 over UAB. Yes, sir. Uh, they're still undefeated in the American, uh, three and three overall in the year. Um, Western Kentucky plays tomorrow too. Yeah, let's run. They play Jacksonville State, which is going to be yeah, a big one. Some... Yeah, let's let's actually look at those Tuesday games because we're probably not going to record until Wednesday or somewhere around then. So, um, what what are we the week? What is this week eight or week nine? I don't even know when they count these Tuesday games if they're week. I got it. Tuesday, yeah, Tuesday, October 17th. We have Middle Tennessee traveling to Liberty um, at 7 p.m. Some more conference action. Middle Tennessee, there's a t- they're a team that I've, I've been hoping to see something from, but they lost to Louisiana Tech last weekend. Um, I just don't think they'll probably be able to beat Liberty, um, although this could be a weird game. This could be a, a funky game. Uh, Western Kentucky, yeah, you mentioned they're they're traveling to Jacksonville State. Jacksonville State, they're looking to bounce back after that loss to Liberty, swelling their undefeated season. Yeah, Liberty is a good team State's too. Good. So these are all still yeah. like the top of the group of five. Western Kentucky, Jacksonville Definitely. State, Liberty. Um, there's even a few teams in the MAC that are undefeated and have one loss. Like yeah, so- Southern Southern Miss and Alabama. And Southern Alabama, they both play as well on Tuesday. Like, look, if you follow the G5, it's, it's getting crazy down the stretch as well. Definitely is. Um, so, yeah, so we got some nice Tuesday games for us. Um, and then Wednesday, FIU, Sam Houston, New Mexico State, UTEP. Uh, nothing too really interesting there. Um, but, look, like I said, Liberty plays Tuesday and Western Kentucky, Jacksonville State should be a good one. For you college football sickos that want to tap into some G5 action. Better than nothing, right? Tuesday night, basketball is not back. NBA is not back yet. So you might as well throw that on the TV. Man, you should throw uh, that on the TV it. even if NBA is back. What you doing watching basketball? Watch some football, man. Uh, this is a football NBA. podcast. Uh, I don't want to hear about none of that basketball, baseball garbage. <laughs> What's going on, man? This is America. Uh, we watch football in America. Uh, that's a good point. Although baseball is America's sport. Yeah, but they got a lot of foreigners <laughs> running up in there too. Football is still American. That's true. That is true. That is true. Um, all right, let's let's tap into this AP Top 25 poll. I think this is one of the last ones that will be relevant. Um, I'm pretty sure we'll be getting the first college football playoff poll within the next few weeks, definitely within the next month. So um, running through this, Georgia stays at number one. Michigan stays at number two, Ohio State stays at number three, and Florida State stays at number four. So the top four remain. And by the way, um, I know you're going to ask me this. This is my top four. Um, eh, you could take uh, you could take um, one of those Big Ten teams out and add Washington. It doesn't really matter. I think Ohio State, and Michigan State, they're the, or Ohio State and Michigan are the same to me right now. <laughs> um, I do think I do think Washington deserves one of those spots. So take one of those two teams out. Give me Georgia, Florida State. Washington, and then the winner of that Ohio State-Michigan game as my top four right now. Yeah, I'm not really – I don't really have a problem with Washington being at five. 
all those teams to me have an equal say or an equal yeah. argument in the playoffs. And the good right. thing is it'll it'll work itself out with with, it with the schedule because, like you said, Michigan is going to play Ohio State next week. Penn State plays right. Ohio State, so that'll that'll work right. itself out. It'll be a big one. Um. So yeah. Yeah, Georgia has a tough slate. Florida State got a couple games yep. left, and Washington still got to play. So that's the beauty about college football is we will let the games work themselves out. So, yeah, Washington at five. Oklahoma is at six, uh, dropping a spot um, after being on a bye week. Penn State drops a spot to seven after a 63-0 to win over UMass. Uh, Texas, they move up a spot to eight. They're on a bye week, though. Uh, Oregon, they dropped only one spot from eight to nine after that close loss to Washington. And UNC joins the top ten, moving up two spots after that big win over Miami. Alabama doesn't move. They maintain their positioning at 11, while Oregon State, they jump up three spots to number 12 after their big win against UCLA. Uh, At 13 is Ole Miss. They stay the same uh, while they're on their bye week, while Utah – Moves up two spots uh, to 14 after their win against Cal. Uh, Notre Dame jumps all the way up six spots after their win versus USC. They're sitting in the top 15 at 15. And then we have Duke here at 16 and Tennessee at 17. Both of them moving up a few spots after their respective wins this weekend. USC drops all the way down eight spots to number 18 after that loss to Notre Dame. Well, LSU jumps up three spots to move to 19. Um, Missouri sits at 20. Um, They maintain their positioning after their win against Kentucky, while Louisville drops seven spots all the way down to 21 after their uh, upset loss against Pitt. Um, Air Force, they join, or were they ranked already? Do Do we know? I don't know. Well, they're at 22. I think they're ranked for the first and time Tulane now. is at – okay. Well, Air Force is now at 22. Tulane is at 23. And Iowa is now ranked again at 24. While UCLA drops all the way down seven spots to close out our top 25. Really quick, um, a few teams that are also receiving votes. We have James Madison – Next up, so I think they're sitting at 26. So James Madison might be ranked very soon. JMU, shout out to them. Clemson received some votes. Florida, Washington State, Fresno State, Liberty, Kentucky, Wyoming, Kansas, West Virginia, Oklahoma State, and Miami received a vote as well. So that rounds out our top 25 going into week eight. Uh, A lot of big games, man. A lot of big games in week eight. Like you said, you got matchups Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and then a full slate on Saturday. Um, but, yeah, that's going to do it for the show here. Steph, do you have anything else, any last topics you want to get into before we uh, get out of here or anything else you want to say? Now nah, we hit the G5. We hit that FCS crazy comeback. Um, I mean, Oregon-Washington – my my opinion on those teams hasn't really changed. I mean, it was a banger. That game was real similar to Texas and Oklahoma. Um, I feel like all four of those teams could still win their conference, and and I think all four of those right. teams could still make the playoffs. So, you know, 
<coughs> it is what it is. At the end of the day, win your games and, and everything will, will happen for you. So that's it. All right. Well, we appreciate all the love and support on our most recent episodes. I think um, not the one that – not the preview that we just dropped, but the recap for last week. Um, got the most views that we've got over the past couple of episodes. So shout out to all the love and support on that most recent episode. Let's keep it up and keep our numbers growing. Make sure you guys share the podcast to friends and family and people that you think would be interested as well as like and rate us a five-star on Spotify, Apple Music, or Apple Podcasts, I should say. It really just helps us um, with the algorithm and get our stuff pushed out to more people of our podcast grow. Um, we'll be back later on, like I said, Wednesday, Thursday, sometime um, later on this week to give you guys a preview and our predictions for this upcoming week eight. Um, make sure you guys follow us on Twitter at the Pigskin Live. You can follow my personal Twitter at SwankSo, S-W-A-N-K-S-0-L-E. And then follow Steph as well at Styopa, uh, S P. Uh, S-T-Y-O-P-A-S-P um, on Twitter and Instagram as well. Talk to us, man. We're trying to get some Discord. If you guys want us to talk about certain topics, certain teams, let us know. DM us, add us, and uh, give us your takes, man. We're trying to build a community Thanks. and get active. And for the offseason, hopefully start doing like a call-in show and, and some other cool stuff in the future. But, um, yeah, definitely, definitely rock with us. Definitely want to build a community of college football fans and Eventually do a, maybe a big Road to Glory chat on Twitter or something like that once we get enough uh, people that will be interested and in stuff like that. So we can just have constant discourse about the sport that we all love. So week eight, man. Super excited. Amped up. My Gators are on a bye week, so I get the week off to just kind of uh, enjoy uh, football stress-free on Saturday. Um but the week after that, week nine, that's a big one for my boys. So that's our Super Bowl. <laughs> so I'm enjoying my week off, my bye week. You guys enjoy your Saturdays. Um, but I guess we'll see you guys before no that. more bye weeks for me. So Okay. So you're, you're football every week. Yep. Nice. And you got the Cowboys tonight. What you think? Cowboys, Chargers, the battle of the Chokers. Both teams notoriously lo- love to lose games that they shouldn't. Love to lose the big games. Love to choke. Oregon quarterback, your favorite NFL team, who you got? I mean, I hope the Cowboys can win. They probably should win, but I don't trust them. <laughs> yeah, I don't trust either. Yeah, of these that's the good thing. I'm, I don't trust I'm, the Chargers. The Cowboys. Yeah, I definitely don't trust the I, I sure as hell don't trust the Chargers. Uh, but yeah, I'm going to go with the Cowboys in this one, actually. I think they're yeah. going to get it done. I think it'll be like. 35 to, it'll be, this is going to be the first good primetime game. I mean, we've had nothing but terrible. NFL primetime games, awful product. Um, hey, hopefully, tonight college we get a good has been one. a better product so far. Has been, definitely has been, without a doubt, without a doubt. Uh, a lot of the big games have delivered so far. So we'll see y'all later on this week. Salute and peace. <laughs>